All my friends are toxic, all ambitionless, so rude and always negative. I need new friends, but it's not that quick and easy. Or oh, I'm drowning with I'm better off all by myself. Welcome to PEM Currents, the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brad Soboleski. Your time is valuable, and so is mine. And that's why I am releasing these brief, succinct episodes focused on one clinical topic. Get you in, get you out, teach you something new. So let's talk about toxic shock syndrome. This is a severe acute illness that can start sort of in a nonspecific fashion, especially with some GI symptoms like upset stomach, vomiting, nausea, and then these patients deteriorate rapidly. You get a high fever, a rash, which can be erythroderma, you're just red all over. You can get a a scarlatiniform rash, which is like that rough sandpapery rash, or intertrigio, which is just rash in your nooks and crannies. So in the armpits and knee pits and, and groin, that sort of thing. These patients are often in shock and hypotensive. You can see multi-system organ dysfunction. Patients will have altered mental status. You can get acute renal failure. And then later during the convalescent period, they'll desquamate. And if you think, wow, this sounds like a lot of different stuff and, and toxic shock is hard to diagnose, you are correct. Because these characteristics can come and go, they might not actually be there, or they can be delayed in presentation. So you can just have an ill patient with belly symptoms and high fever, and then the skin findings come a little bit later. So it is hard to recognize. What is it caused by? Well, these are super antigen exotoxins produced by staph and strep bacteria. These antigens directly interact with T cells, So they don't need to be processed by an antigen-presenting cell. And you get massive proliferation of immune cells. And this leads to a quick cascade that leads to patients becoming very sick very rapidly. And yes, this sounds like septic shock or Kawasaki or DRESS, which is drug reaction with eosinophilia and systemic symptoms, or multisystem inflammatory syndrome in children, MISC. Yeah, it does. It sounds like it, and it looks like it, so it can be hard to diagnose. So before I get into etiology and treatment, toxic shock, you should consider it in a critically ill patient with a known nidus of infection. This includes a retained tampon, wound packing for a recent abscess, nasal packing for a bloody nose, for example, erythroderma, conjunctival hyperemia, a strawberry tongue, and fever, hypotension, signs of shock, right? So what causes it? So staph is the most common bacterial etiology. So staph toxic shock happens in older female patients and is associated with menstruation and tampons. But staph toxic shock can occur in male patients and other aged children as well. Say they had an abscess packed recently, which is why you don't really need to pack abscesses all that often. Strep toxic shock is less common but you see it more often in younger children, especially those under two years of age. And strep toxic shock is generally more severe clinically. Risk factors for strep toxic shock include a recent surgery, skin wound, trauma, a recent viral infection, copious or heavy NSAID use, congenital heart disease, immune suppression, and interestingly, they are also associated with children with a lung empyema. All right, let's talk about management. And obviously, recognizing shock is challenging. So 
you want to have a high index of suspicion. So if you have an adolescent with ovaries who has a tampon in and they're acutely ill and their skin is all red, think toxic shock, right? And how is this different than sepsis? Well, in a lot of ways it isn't, right? You want to get your eye stat, blood culture, lactate, procalcitonin, renal panel. If they're having difficulty breathing, get that chest x-ray and rapidly administer fluids and broad spectrum antibiotics, right? Whatever protocol you have, be ceftriaxone, zosin, Advanc, just give them something, but be aware of what your hospital protocols and availability of antibiotics are before you meet this patient so that you're ready, right? If the patient has a nidus of infection that can be producing this toxin, like a foreign body, tampon or nasal packing or wound packing, or if they've had a recent surgical procedure, call surgery, right? You got to get this thing out of the body. And then you want to reduce further toxin production, right? So antibiotics like Clinda, Rifampin, or Linazolid, they interfere with exotoxin production. So that's why you give whatever broad-spectrum antibiotic you're giving, like ceftriaxone, and Clinda, right? The Clinda isn't just an antimicrobial it also interferes with production of the toxin. So there's some synergy there. There is some emerging data to support the use of IVIG as well to neutralize these super antigens. And again, if you think it's toxic shock syndrome and not just garden variety sepsis, in terms of management, adding clindamycin is very, very important. Okay, so toxic shock syndrome. It is kind of nebulous, but it's an acutely ill child with very red skin, often red eyes and strawberry tongue, who may have a recent procedure or nidus for infection, like a retained tampon or nasal packing, who looks really bad. Both staph and strep can cause it. Staph is more common in adolescence. Strep can make you look sicker, and it's much more common in the little ones, especially under the age of two. Work them up like you would work up any patient you're worried about sepsis, and remember to add clindamycin to your antibiotic regimen because it can interfere with further toxin production. Okay, so that's it for this brief episode of the podcast focused on toxic shock syndrome. I hope you like this format. And if you do, let me know. Shoot me feedback, an email, direct message on Twitter, comment on the blog, review on the podcast. I'll take any and all feedback that you can send my way. If you have suggestions on other topics or want to collaborate on a future episode, let me know as well. For Pem Currents, the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Podcast, this has been Brad Soboleski. See you next time.